0: Winston Churchill once said, The pessimist sees difficulty in every opportunity. The optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. Get ready to be inspired. This is the Big Fish Cares Podcast. Big Fish Cares Podcast. Whether it's business, life, financial, relationships, we're sharing stories and journeys to help inspire you to be optimistic and to take action. No matter the hurdle in life, you can do it, and we're here to help. Welcome to the Big Fish Cares Podcast, and here's your host, Benny Fisher.
1: This is going to be a cool episode because I have another guy that owns a roofing company, another guy that has a podcast. We must be twins and we don't even know it yet. It's the first time I'm actually talking to him in person, but I've been following his content on social media a lot. I got my boy Chuck Allen from the Keeping It Rio podcast on here. Chuck, what's going on, man?
2: How's it going, Benny? Thank you for having (laughs) me on your show today. I appreciate it.
1: Are you keeping it Rio?
2: Always. It's what I do. It's a way of life.
1: And I kind of understand you a little bit because I've been following your stuff. That's Rio comes from you probably being down on the Rio Grande, right?
2: No, it's actually my roofing company, Rio Blanco Roofing. That's a
1: Texas thing. though. something about Texas, right? It's the Blanco
2: River. It's a river. There's a a Blanco River down here between uh, San Antonio and and Austin. And there's the Rio Grande River, right? Absolutely. There's a ton of them. So So we're the Rio Blanco. It's not far from us. It's a historical, you know, location, so... And it's when we bought the catchier. company, it was already named that, but uh, yeah. I, I named the podcast after it because I thought that was a pretty cool name, right? Keeping it Rio. Keeping it
1: Rio, man. No, I think it's, uh, I like it because it's a little play off your company. It's kind of like, this is probably like your passion project, right? The podcasting.
2: Oh, yeah. People We're having a lot of stores. fun with it.
1: Yeah, I'm having fun too. How many episodes are you in?
0: Uh,
2: I just did 98. I've got Woo. two to go to hit a 100.
1: You're going to be, like, around episode 50 for me. I'm not sure exactly what episode it'll drop, but, like, it's definitely going to be, like, right around 50. So I'm about... It's a lucky number. So you've been doing it for two years?
2: No, I started, uh, I guess, about a year and a half ago, really. It was uh, the third quarter of last year we started it, and... I was doing a few episodes here, there extra, and, and you know, but we, we try to do one a week uh, on average. Therefore, while we were doing a live one every Thursday, and it's kind of evolved now to more of a format like what we're doing right here, where I, I just kind of talk to people and have a good time with it.
1: Do you have, um, I haven't listened to all 100 episodes. Is it a variety of different guests? Is it people in roofing? Is it just people in, in Texas? Is it a mix of everybody you know? Well,
2: man, I've had some seriously cool guests in the first hundred. I've had a lot of good people from the roofing industry. I've had, you know, like Dale Childress, Lee Haight, uh, Stan Bastic from Atlas. I've had, you know, uh, Deshaun Bryant, Ben Machaka, all kinds of great guests from the industry. I've also had some unique guests from outside. I've had a couple authors, um, a professional wrestler, a mortician, had an Elvis impersonator, that's cool. Um and what else? Oh the the uh, the gentleman who created and invented the hot sauce that's our sponsor. I had the chef on as well. So we've had some pretty cool guests and it's definitely not just been roofing or business or anything like that. Well, I get boring kinda, and then
1: you'd have to start something else, right? Yeah.
2: It, yeah, exactly. I want to talk to people that are fun and entertaining and our industry has a lot of fun entertaining people, but there are also some pretty cool people outside of it that uh that need some attention, I think.
1: I see you got the Brutus the Buckeye over there in the corner. Can you tell me a little bit about why Brutus is there? Because I'm an Ohio State guy. Because
2: I was born and raised in Columbus. Um, I went to a game at the Shoe for probably, I don't know. I I don't even know how many games I've been to at the Shoe, but I'm a diehard Buckeye since I was a little boy. Um, I've had Brutus with me since episode one of Keeping It Real. He's always found his way into the background. Um, My whole office is basically just Ohio State. It's Scarlet and Gray, and I'm here in San Antonio, Watched the Michigan game. I found out there was an entire group of people here that are Buckeye fans, so it was kind of cool, even though the result wasn't what we were hoping for. Yeah. Uh, I found some cool Buckeye fans. We've been
1: kicking Michigan's butt for so many years now. Well, here's what's about to
2: happen, I think, okay? And this is going to be on your podcast, so it's it's on record publicly of me saying this. So if it comes true, you heard it here first. Ohio State's going to defeat Georgia in their playoff game. It's going to be a tight game. Georgia's really good. Michigan's going to beat TCU, and then in the national championship game, it's going to be the highest-rated game in the history of the world. The Buckeyes are going to stomp Michigan and win the national title, and then that loss—it never happens. So,
1: well, no, it makes that victory even better.
2: That's true, and it's yeah. like, hey, enjoy that, guys. That was cool. It's it was really worth hard nothing. to beat the
1: same team twice when you're at that high of a level.
2: Exactly, you know, and it, it's got to be emotionally, you know. Kind of difficult when you you come into a game like that that you just lost pretty handily and it's like man, but I don't know I, I like I don't, Rocky. Follow, I don't
1: I actually don't follow sport since COVID I have stopped following sports religiously like I used to be like a diehard like I would know every player I would know every game every team every score since COVID and they stopped sports for a while I was just like you know what I don't need it and then I never went back now I did watch some of the big games like I watched a Super Bowl I'll like watch that I'll watch like you know Ohio State Michigan a little bit. It's weird watching games now though because it's like, man, you don't know any of the drama, you don't know any of the stories. Like, and it's like all new, play, especially in college, man. Like the players coming, like they're always new, uh, they're always leaving, they're always coming. You know, um, what do you think? Where, where's the game going to be played? The national championship game?
2: I'll be honest, I have no clue. I'm just like you. Let's look it, it up. I was right a now. huge, huge fan. Let's, right? let's look it
1: up right now. Where's the national championship going to be played? I have year a feeling it's year.
2: going to be probably in in Arizona. National
1: Championship twenty twenty three or maybe in Dallas January ninth at SoFi Stadium. So is that L A?
2: Okay, that's that's pretty yep. nice.
1: SoFi is L A, right? Yeah,
2: I, I think so. That's so that's gonna be
1: a bit. Oh man, that'll be a bit. That'll be a big event. If that's Ohio State Michigan in L A, oh. what a not, what a great like neutral field. What a great place to, like, take in a game, state-of-the-art, like, I don't know, what do they say, $4 yeah, billion? Were they say $4 billion? did they spend on that stadium. $2 billion or something?
2: Yeah, it's it's brand-new state-of-the-art, and that would be a cool place to see it. I went to the game where Ohio State played Oregon for the national title here in Dallas, and that was pretty cool. I, I enjoyed it tremendously.
1: I've been to some big games. I was at a Sugar Bowl game with Ohio State. I was at a uh, Fiesta Bowl over in Phoenix. Um Obviously, been to some games in Columbus. All right, enough about sports, though, because sports makes me irritated sometimes. I'm the um, same way, and
2: it's funny it... you say that, because I quit watching it when COVID hit the same way, and I was extremely, like, I, I watched TV probably 50, 60 hours a week for years. I took the TV out of my house when COVID hit, and it's amazing. I got so much more productive. I got myself together a little bit and actually, how, uh, you know, how do long some have you stuff. Had,
1: how long have you had keeping it at Rio?
2: We started keeping it Rio on um, the beginning of the third quarter of last year, and keeping and it bought, Rio was and you
1: bought the company.
2: Oh no, Rio Blanco is the roofing company. Rio or Blanco I'm roofing. Sorry, yeah. yeah,
1: Rio Blanco. So I was yep. talking about the roofing company. How, Every, long had, how long have you been the roofing company?
2: Since uh, G- uh, March of 2019, and basically Rio Blanco Roofing was out of business. Uh, it was founded in 2014, went through a couple different renditions of ownership. It reverted back to the original guy who didn't want to do it. So he kind of shut it down. And we found an opportunity to help a guy that didn't want to do it anymore, that just wanted to be retired. We were able to get a a pretty good deal for it the name, the branding, and stuff. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. I moved down here to San Antonio and took on a dead, out of business company and rebranded it. That's really that's cool. cool.
1: I like to like go a little deeper on that. Can we go deeper on that? Cause that's because that's as you want. That's the story of my life. I love to not, talk about. There's it. There's not very many people that have the vision to be able to do something like that, right? Like, and I want to know a couple different questions. So, first question I have on that is, why not just start your own roofing company from scratch if you're going to buy one that's basically defunct anyway?
2: It's a good question. What, 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 and, did, what
1: did you buy other than like the logo and the name? And did they even have a big name anyway? Cause like not really, I the think guy there was, was probably,
2: a there was probably about 50 positive reviews. And that was the cool thing about it. Okay. It went out of business, but it wasn't because he was doing bad work. The guy yeah. had a great reputation. It was five star. Yeah. So, um, we bought a, a good reputation, a name that was here for, you know, X amount of years that we could come in and say, Hey, look. This company was here. It's got a little bit of a, a history, but we've changed it. We're going to update it. And, uh, you know, it was kind of an experiment, honestly, to help a yeah. friend out as well. What would
1: you do before that?
2: Um, I worked in a roofing company over in College Station as a sales rep for seven years. And then I joined ASAP Roofing over in East Texas at the beginning of 2019. And that's how this whole thing kind of came together was um, through my association with those guys. They, they bought Rio Blanco and partnered with me. And... It's kind of a sister company, I guess, to ASAP, which is the, the corporate brother.
1: So you were in East Texas. San Antonio is what's
2: Southwest Texas, right? Yeah, it's about six hours difference.
1: And did you want to move to San Antonio or you wanted to move there because you wanted this roofing company?
2: Crazy thing. I had never in my wildest dreams considered San Antonio until we were sitting at dinner and the opportunity for Rio Blanco was brought to me. At that moment it was like, you know, where would you like to go? And I had I had five places. It was like Phoenix, Charlotte, anywhere in Texas, you know, and I never even thought of San Antonio as a possibility. It had never crossed my mind. And then it was just brought up and I said, Yeah, San Antonio, let's do it. So literally the first day I'd ever been here was the day that I got here to start the company and I lived in the office for about two months because I wasn't even sure if we were in a good neighborhood or where we were at and uh you know, started it like that, the old-fashioned way.
1: And why did you want to do that versus, like, what you were doing before? Like, what what exactly was your role before in the roofing company that you left?
2: I was a sales rep, residential. That so was you just it. wanted to do your own thing. You're just like... Nah, I just I knew that I had more to offer. I like training people. I like teaching. Um, I've been a student of the game. I've been in the industry for 24 years, so I've learned okay. a lot. Wow. And I like talking to people about it, you know. my My history is really weird and different than anybody else, so it's like... I kind of have an understanding of every aspect of the business, and I just, I, you know, it was a challenge. It was something new. A, a company that's out of business in one of the toughest markets in the country, why not, dude? I mean, that, that sounds fun. Let's go ahead and just make that happen, and here we are, right? If yeah. you don't believe in yourself and you don't believe you can do it, then... You have no business doing it. So So what was the conversation
1: like with your previous company when you said, hey, I'm leaving. I'm going to go start my own roofing company. How'd that conversation go for people out there that are listening? I was a salesman at a roofing company. You were a salesman at a roofing company. There's a lot of guys that are either good at swinging a hammer that start their own company or good at sales that start their own company. What do you say for a guy out there that's looking to do his own thing? How did you how did you have that conversation with the previous guy?
2: Well, it's weird because when I left that company, I wasn't really—I didn't know any of this was going to happen. It was only two months down the road, but I had oh, never so you in my wildest dreams you even had
1: something ready to go.
2: I had a job where I was going to go work at ASAP Roofing as a sales rep, and I was just planning on getting in there because it was a very quickly growing company, and I really liked what they had going. And I figured I could get on and, and you know help build it, and, and you know take my expertise of sales and, and mm-hmm. help build a younger sales uh, force but you know i had no idea that i was going to be doing the ownership aspect just 2 months later so when i left i just said hey i just want to go do something different i want a change of scenery i actually relocated to indianapolis at that point and i was only there for a couple months but you know it was completely out of the blue so i never had the conversation of hey thank you but I'm going to go start my own business. Gotcha. So you, you just wanted
1: to get another job. And then before you basically got settled at another job, you're like, man, I can, I can start my own. I'm just going to go do that.
2: Yeah. And it all came from the same opportunity. The owners of ASAP Roofing approached me and said, hey, let's buy into this. And you go so run and we we'll an So you
1: actually have partners that are kind of assisting with that. So tell me about how that works because that's an interesting thing, right? Because um, oh. it's, it's lonely to doing stuff by yourself. I'll tell you that because I started by myself. It was very hard and lonely. Um
2: it Definitely. is. And, you know, I, I I'll be a hundred percent honest. I tell everybody that I talk to about this, like I couldn't do this by myself. You know, it's too, there's too much involved for someone like me. I don't have that mindset to where I could sit and take care of all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I partnered up with an existing company that's thriving that, that at that point, I think had nine or 10 branches across the country. Um, it, it, you know, well established. They figured out how to do it in a couple of years. It went from nothing to 20 million in sales and you know i wanted to emulate that so do they when have those any other smaller companies did they what
1: do they have any other smaller companies other than their major one like like yeah like yours, absolutely there are
2: in? there are locations all over um they, it, i don't know that they still have one in boise idaho or indy but they they were as far reaching as that and um i think there's like 9 or 10 of them right now in texas but uh, all and then like rio blanco like- there were there were You're three under, of us. Like,
1: the, what, the, the name's Asis. You said Asap, Asap, a- Asap. Okay, well, I like that. Um, yeah. But other than Asap, it's there's, there's just Rio. It's just Rio Blanco, and then uh, and that's it.
2: Yeah, and then we also have a social media consulting firm that's built into the organization. That um, one of the owners of of Asap Roofing, who is the wife of one of the owners and sister of the other, has a social media branding company, K Socialized Media. So we've kind of got that whole.
1: Yeah, so they unique, kind of do the marketing for both companies together.
2: Does the marketing for all of our
1: companies? What does about the events. accounting? Like, do you have to do your own accounting, or do they help you with the accounting? They take care of
2: everything. It's I'm spoiled to death. And so you know, it's almost that's like a franchise,
1: but not a franchise. It's kind of like interesting, right? Like you're running it, sales it, and ops probably. and
2: Exactly. I do production and I do sales. And, you know, I don't have to take care of any of that back-end stuff, which is the, the cool part about the partnership. Yeah, that's, the, that's the part that's boring, right? Yeah, and I don't mess with <laughs> it. There's people that are smart that take care of that stuff, you know, supplementing for the company. We've got supplementers who are experts in their field. We've got people who take care of payroll. We've got people that take care of you know HR and everything that you need to to run the company properly. And they make sure that I stay in line. So it's uh, it's a great partnership. I'm very fortunate to have.
1: How much of it do you own? How much does that company or brand own? Like, how much? Like, do you have
2: more control, or do they have more control? Or we're we're technically three ways, you know, thirty three, thirty three, thirty three. Okay, um, and that's that's the way that I like it. And the ultimate plan, I think, down the road is maybe as it continues to grow to see what direction I want to go, and the the partners want to go with it. And you know, I think three four years down the road, there's the potential that I might be able to you know assume the full ownership of it buy it out and you know then take it from there but yeah. this this first part is amazing because like i said there's no way it would still be here if it were just me i'd have yeah, already that's, i'd that's already that's run nice. it into the ground
1: yeah. <laughs> so do you have so, so talk about partnerships right because there's a lot of guys that will say partnerships suck man you know and then there's other people that are like partnerships are great right obviously it's in the eye of the beholder it's all about the past experiences people have um, You know, I've everybody I think in life has had, you know, it's just like family, right? Like we got some family members that we get along great with there's some family members that we don't get along great with. I think it all comes down to communication. How have you been able to communicate clearly and get what you want across and feel respected and about how the company that's helping you get what they want across and feel respected? And how does all that work together, especially with, I bet, a lot of alpha males in the room?
2: Yes, exactly. Okay, so that's the thing, you know, and it's like it's worked out very well um, because the truth of the matter is everybody is willing to listen to the other perspectives and everybody is a grown up and understands, you know, we're all going for the same thing. Does everybody agree with everybody at at every time? Of course not. That's never going to be the case. And that's kind of the cool thing about having three is there's always a deciding vote or a deciding voice, you yeah? Know? So it's like there's never there going to be breaker. a tie. Yeah, there'll never be a tie. And, you know, as long as you're willing to accept that everybody's looking out for the greater good and is trying for the best of the company, which I have no doubt in my mind, my, my guys that I work with over there are absolutely amazing. Um, who's we, the third
1: partner? If, like, if ASAP is one partner, who's the third one?
2: Well, the two owners of ASAP are the owners with me here. Oh, uh, okay. It's, yeah, they're, they're, there's at ASAP Roofing you've got Clint, Joseph, and Leanne, okay. and, and then over here you've got Clint, Joseph, and Chuck. So, okay, that's kind of the so dynamic. So Clint of it.
1: and Joseph because I don't know those guys. Do they do they have different mindsets? Are they different? Like, do they have different roles and stuff like that? Is one stronger in one thing and somebody stronger in another? You have a different skill set and it kind of works well together. It,
2: it, everybody kind of blends because we all kind of compliment each other, you know. Um, one guy is very, very astute with business degrees and very number yeah. of oriented. Another NBA, guy's a visionary. NBA type of guy. Yeah. Another guy's a visionary and he sees things, you know. Three, four, five years down the road, and yeah. sees the big picture. Yeah, and it, you've got me, and I kind of just you know you got all the I'm roofing
1: just... and the ground knowledge, and you got all the and you know how to deal with the customers and the employees and the subs and the and the suppliers and the products. And... Exactly.
2: So there's a really a great dynamic with the three because they're all completely different, but everybody gets along really well. Um, family members, you know, brother in laws, wife slash sister in that dynamic as well. So. It's really a family organization, and, you know, we do some really cool things together. We get to go do cool events and hang out. You know, we go to RoofCon. We're doing an event. Uh, K-Socialized Media is doing an event in East Texas in February. They're they're putting on the event. Nice. And, you know, having speakers and, and, you know, the whole deal. We did a cool event in Orlando earlier this year where we rented out a 15-room mansion, and K-Socialized Media put on this great three-day retreat. Um, so we do a lot more than roofing, you know, it's a roofing company. Sure. But it's more like, I want to hire people and help them be better. And it's Mm -hmm. more personal development and growth. And, you know, roofing just happens to be a pretty cool way to, to earn a living and help. Yeah. Roofing's the vehicle. That's it. And you can help people. And as long as you're doing it for the right reasons, I think this is the greatest industry in the world. I think some of the things you learn, some of the people that you get to meet, it's, it's priceless, you know?
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, it's definitely helped me in my in in my career, and definitely opened up doors that I never would have had opened, and learned a lot of things from other mentors and coaches and trainers, and and then got to start my own podcast because of it. I would have never been able to start my own podcast. I would never had the time or even like the the vision to even be able to do something like that. Had I not learned systems and processes, how to delegate things, you know, to not be out in the field all the day, you know, not to be having to sell jobs all day, not to be making sure customers are happy so it is kind of cool right you know we get to go to conferences we get to travel around a little bit it kind of does make it fun i always tell customers and employees you know the roofing gets in the way of like you know leadership employee excitement customer excitement fun uh learning you know roofing's just kind of like the you know
2: the little, it's, it's there it's the thing yeah. and you know yeah, like. my least favorite part
1: of the whole system
2: after twenty-four <laughs> years in the industry, I've seen enough roofs done. If I never see another roof installed on site, I think I'll be okay.
1: Yeah. What's the um, so what's the biggest challenge to growing a business right now in, in this economy and the, the world, the way the world is?
2: Everything. Um, you know, with roofing, it's it's always going to be challenging. That's the cool thing about it. You know, we all go through the same challenges. That's it's it's how you adapt, right? I mean, everybody's probably complaining that the price of shingles is higher than they want to be paying right now. Some people are getting paralyzed by it because they just, you know, oh, my God, I can't sell it for that. And, and they're giving so up. the they're price throwing of their gas. Hands up. Yeah, exactly. Everything is. Heck, I just went to the, the CVS and deodorants. Ten bucks a stick now. It used to be four. It's part of it. <laughs> um, we
1: well, have yeah, Christmas shoppings out of this world <laughs> right now. Just so you know, like, I I was like, Mm-mm. I don't really keep track of money that well. The, like, the, how much prices are, I don't really look at that stuff.
2: You know, you see it this year, though. and
1: now it's like, dang, bro, like that's a lot of cash, man. Like, you know, plane tickets are up a lot. Like, I've noticed, like, flights, hotels. Like, I just booked my ticket for
2: IRE, it was like three or four hundred bucks a night to stay over in Dallas, man. Like, what the heck? Yeah, it's it's crazy, and that's the world that we're living in, so obviously, you know, that's across the board with yeah, everything. Yeah, we're just adding
1: another zero now, and it's just like, it's all, yeah. fun, it's all funny money.
2: Add some more paper, add a little bit more tone. Yeah, that we the is
1: now broke, you know? <laughs> it, like, exactly,
2: it's a crazy it, it, world. But, you know, what we have to do is also realize we've got something that people are still going to need, and mm-hmm. we have to make sure that we can be there and that they know about us when they need us, so... You know, the, I think in these times you really kind of double down. And honestly, when COVID hit, we went in a direction where we expanded really quickly to three branches of Rio Blanco. And now we've kind of scaled it back down a little bit. We rebranded one to an ASAP and the other one we kind of absorbed um, because it's just, you know, I, I think right now you have to kind of focus on your core and you have to be as strong as humanly possible and, you then you start to diversify. You know, if you're too thin and you're not strong at one solid thing, you're going to be in trouble, you know, because if you're giving 30% here, 30% here, 30% there, you're just you're going to get swallowed up, you know. Right now, you've got to be the absolute best at marketing. You've got to be out there. People have to know who you are. You've got to have a good product, obviously, even though that's probably the least important factor of the entire equation because, you know, shingles are shingles, let's be honest. Everybody's got their favorites, but
1: yeah, and those are billion-dollar I mean, companies with granules, you know. Yeah, they're they're billion-dollar companies making products. We hope that they're at least you know at a decent yeah somewhat level, right? decent yeah.
2: quality, right? So yeah. everything like
1: made- the, the the barrier to entry to like start your own shingle line is very very hard. So you know you need you know hundreds of millions of dollars to start, you know, manufacturing plants and stuff like that. So I think there's only, what, probably five or six players in the world, you know, as far as yeah, shingles Yeah, it's go, not so. something
2: that we're going to start, you know, hey, I'm going to go out back and start throwing some shingles together. Yeah,
1: service-based. Everything comes down to service, right? Like, who can provide the best service, right? And it's a combination of all the moving parts, right? Through manufacturing, distribution, subcontractors, employees, vendors, training companies, um all the pieces and parts that go to make a a successful roofing company. And most of the time homeowners have no idea because they're so programmed to a guy like Chuck coming over from 24 years ago that had a hammer in his thing saying, Hey, I can, I can do the roof. And uh, I write on the back of a business card, right? It's going to be, you know, back then it's probably five grand. You know, now it's like 15 grand and say, I can do your roof. And you're like, yeah, cool, man. And you just go do it and come back. But there's no, it's not the way we do business anymore.
2: Not even close, and I'll give you credit there. You were using a business card. I mean, most guys were using napkins (laughs) back in the day, and some still do. You know, I still see that stuff on occasion, but that's the truth of the matter. And, you know, with everything, if you don't keep up and you don't stay a little bit ahead of the curve, you know, what advantage do you have? So with us, I mean, we've gone all in with um, our training platform. We've got an in-house training. It's uh, Lightspeed VT.
1: Ooh, is that a Brad Lee program?
2: Yes. And it's all done in-house per, you know, our guys and our company doing the videos. So it's specific to the business. Is that Um, different? Like how
1: different is that platform than like a company like train where you can like, you know, have a platform and upload videos and content.
2: I'm not familiar with that one. Um, but Lightspeed, you know, I've had Grant Cardone, I've had Lee hate, I've had uh, several of them with that. And I think it's awesome. So it's, it's very the same, simple to use. you got to
1: program it yourself, though. you got to load it with text. you got to load it with videos. you got to load it with, you know, different, all the content. Like, they don't give you anything, right? It's like, it's just a platform, right?
2: As far as I know, I think there's some template, but I, I, I don't know. I wasn't really a part of that process. I do a couple of videos that are in it, and I just kind of record them and send them over, and then they end up in there. But when they started yeah. that, I wasn't here, so... They've got okay. that going, though. And then we also do a lot of events. Um, we've got a nice big corporate office in Texas and get a lot of the people in there for, you know, beginning of the year we're going to have Deshaun Bryant, who's a very well-known uh, the sales foster, guy. The baby. Yeah, he's going to come um, do Bowtie some speaking man. for us. Yeah, he was just on my podcast a couple weeks ago. He's a super guy. Oh, yes, very he's, humble. That's, he's he's going to come most down humble. there.
1: He's one of the oh. most humble, sweetest men I've ever met in my life.
2: Without a doubt, but he's also very honest and isn't going to sugarcoat anything. I'll tell you exactly what's up, and you'll still be like, you know what? He's
1: got a great personality.
2: Yeah, thank you for telling me I suck, Deshaun. I appreciate that, buddy. You know, he's he's that. But he's going to be our our guest this time for this one. So we're going to have, you know, 100-plus people from the company come from all the offices, kick the year off right, do that. Um, We do trips. We've gone to Oklahoma for the last four years. Everybody in the organization gets to go to Broken Bow. We rent out the entire You know, there's a whole lodge, you know, fifty or whatever, sixty rooms and then, you know, everything's provided for. So it's definitely a cool it's a cool organization I'm happy to be a part of. And that's what separates us, you know, going back to how do you how do you build a business, you've got to have the right people and you've got to have that culture. And if you do things as a team and you do things together and you build that family bond, everybody really puts that extra effort in that you don't get if it's just a company and you're just going to work.
1: So when you were looking at opportunities, when you were going to go work for ASAP, and then that was happening, I'm assuming that then one of the guys at ASAP said, "Hey man, we got this. Like, there's this brand on here called Rio Blanco. We have the chance to be able to buy that. Should we pursue that? Chuck, are you interested in running that?" And you're probably like, "Oh man, that sounds cool, man. I got a brand. I got my own brand. I can go do my own thing, right? Absolutely separate than ASAP. You know, like what? Why not? Why didn't they just want to start another ASAP?" That, that was already ready to go that they didn't have to actually pay money for.
2: I I kind of think like what you just said. And there was also maybe a little bit of a, a test to see how something like that could work to Ooh, maybe okay, build a I larger like network, Ooh, you tests. know,
1: marketing, marketing guys love testing.
2: Yeah. You know, like maybe to build a bigger network of brands underneath that umbrella. And, mm-hmm. you know, if this one worked and it was a success, then there are opportunities to to do that for a lot of the smaller companies, you know, especially right now when people are struggling Uh, A lot of family owned operations are having a hard time. You know, pricing is not favorable to a small roofing business versus, you know, major conglomerates that you get in towns like San Antonio and Houston and all over the country. So a lot of these family organizations are struggling. And the the idea behind it was, okay, there are a couple different things like you can buy the brand outright and, and take it under the umbrella like this was. And I like the fact, just like you said, that I was able to start with my own brand, my own identity. I am Rio Blanco, and anybody that thinks of Rio Blanco thinks of me and vice versa. Um, but that was kind of the deal. you know, It was like, let's see how this works. Maybe we can do this and kind of make it a larger scale project. Um, and then also there was the, the, the thought that, okay, a family company is not doing very well. Maybe you could go in and offer them the opportunity to – be a part of your organization, you know, give us X amount of this, this ownership, we'll put the systems in place. We'll do everything there. So you can mirror what we're doing to be successful. You can stay and run the thing. And then we partner, you know, so there are a couple different thought processes for me. It was more just about having my own brand and actually being able to kind of be the face of it. Mm. Um, I love ASAP, but there's a lot of superstars over there as well. And this yeah. kind of gave me a chance to, to form it's my own your identity own and, do what I wanted to do, you know, and that, that's always kind of been my thing. So very appreciative of that. And it did just kind of happen by surprise over dinner one night. Never saw it coming.
1: Yeah. Did you, um, so did you actually have to write a check? Like, they're like, Hey, we need a check. Like, and like, here, I got to write a check to come to work. Like, how's that work?
2: The beauty of it is minus is sweat equity. So, you know, a dead brand obviously, you know, it's not a several bazillion dollar and There was no employee,
1: there was no employees coming with it. There was no nothing like did you even have subcontractor relationships coming with it? Like anything? No. No. So I it didn't was know anybody. Just the logo, the Google My Business location, and was our truck. Bu- was there yeah. a building? Was there a building?
2: Yeah, a rental building that was leased, yeah. So, yeah and that's so where we had that, our office so for a couple of years. Lease? Yes. We took over the lease. It was empty when I got here. I moved everything back from storage into that building, and it was just me. When I hired my first guy, I didn't even have furniture in my office yet. You know, so it was definitely a, a ground floor build. How much? So, like, how much can I buy a brand for? Like an empty
1: brand with fifty Google reviews? Like, what? What's I'm a not even price? Lie.
2: i I I don't even know. I didn't even ask. I had nothing to do with the financial on that. I was, you know, I was brought in as we're going to pay for the stuff on the finance side. You're going to run it, and then. We'll, we'll figure everything out at the end.
1: I'm just curious because that sounds like a great idea. Go around yeah. scoop up some, like, 50, 50 review brands that are not really going to be around much longer and then just change the – I could actually just change the name. Yeah. Because right? once I can control their Google, sure, my business, yeah. right, I just change the name and start put my systems and processes in under, right? That's it. You know,
2: this just was a cool brand. It had a nice, yeah. nice logo. Well, like, I like the can, logo. Like, it's,
1: like, no different than if you saw Big Fish, like, and Big Fish was like, hey – we got 565 Google reviews, you know, that's gotta be worth something, right? That's probably worth a little bit more than the one with 50, right? Exactly. You
2: know, and I've gotten it up over 275 now, good so we're, you, we're continuing to build it and go and yeah. we're, we're coming into our fourth year and things are looking good. You know, we're trying to stay ahead of the curve. I've got some cool things that we're doing. I have a partnership now with roofer, um, which is helping my roofing business as well as my podcast this year. So Really excited about some of the opportunities that that's going to afford to kind of help get us on the forefront of some of the technology that's out there and, you know, help people even quicker. Because I think something that people forget in our industry a lot is, uh, you know, money does still love speed. And homeowners don't like waiting three or four or five days to get back, you know, a quote from somebody or to hear back from a sales rep. And if you can find ways to be on the front end of that. Life is so much easier. So, you know, there's a lot of things that we're going to implement that we're trying to work with to, you know, to to make it a lot simpler process for the homeowner. So it's just an easy deal for them to go with us.
1: Do you lean, I know you've been in roofing for 24 years, do you lean more on the operation side or more on the sales and marketing side? I'm
2: definitely, well... That's an interesting question because my background is very unique. Um, when I started in it 24 years ago, I was the driver of a flatbed truck doing ground drops by hand. And then I drove for 12 years. I drove a conveyor truck and I roof-loaded houses for 12 years.
1: Yeah, So low-skill-level low, year, so low, low, low skill level operations, right? Very, yeah, yeah. And
2: then you probably worked your way up through the operations,
1: and now you. Pro- I'm assuming you learn branding and marketing and sales then, right?
2: Exactly. And the way that it happened was I I was a truck driver. And then one day out of the blue, they came up to me and said, hey, we're going to open a branch in North Carolina. Would you like to go run it? And I'm like, Mm. yeah, let's go. So I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina from Columbus, my home in Ohio. And that was in 2010. We opened up a a roofing supply from scratch. Supply? Yeah, supply. Supply. So I did a, I did a roofing supply company for a few years. I was in distribution as a driver. I learned all that stuff, and then I went there. We opened it, ran that for a few years. It wasn't really my thing. Um, and then I ended up in Texas over in College Station doing sales. So it's kind of a strange evolution for me as, as far as that goes. But my, my time in distribution, I did nothing but operations, and then my time in sales has been really more sales-oriented. So in a weird way, I'm kind of like – pretty balanced as far as that goes what do you
1: um what do you think you still need to learn the most like if you like had two weeks and you said like there was undivided attention and i said chuck i need you to like get better at some part of your business what are you going to go into a rabbit hole and start learning
2: how to control myself a little bit better emotionally i think really Mm. my mindset is the biggest thing that gets me and i think human beings are that way you know we we second-guess decisions that we make we we wonder did that was that the right thing do i look smart you know sometimes you you just you get caught up in your own thoughts um and when you're doing something like this you can't help but have that happen to you you know 50 or 60 times a day so yeah, i think if i could go into it if i go into a cave i would just sit there and i would just i'd focus on nothing but mindset for two weeks and you know come back out feeling a lot better about things. That, that's just a constant evolution. I think mindset will be my answer every day for the rest of my life. What do I need to work on? It's always going to be the same thing.
1: What do you do currently or what have you done in the past to enhance your mindset?
2: Oh, I mean, I love to do all kinds. Of, you know, I love to read. I love to do, what do you podcasts. Read? Uh oh pretty much, you know, you name it. Um a lot You're of
1: specific, I really want to know.
2: <laughs> okay, like in the last year I think some of the titles I read was Extreme Ownership, which was right. really a great book. Jocko um, Willink. Yep. And I met Jocko at uh Lee Hate's event in Fort Lauderdale this year. It was cool. We we're in the gym together. Um yeah. uh, David Goggins I like, Ed My Grant Cardone. See, like um, all those like alpha males, like those, those like, just, guys, like, you know, that's kind of my personality and it's kind of how yeah. I modeled myself and my, my, my persona, I guess. So, yeah, I like them. Um, and I like to just, you know, I, I always like to be learning things. I like to go out and visit with people and just have random conversations with people. That's what I love about the podcast. You know, we oh, can just yeah. have a, a talk like this and... You know, who knows what we're going to talk about? Five minutes before this, we'd never spoken to each other. And it's like, never, never What do you want to talk yet. about? I think I, 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 didn't,
1: I didn't get to see you at RoofCon.
2: Yeah. And, you know, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. Let's just hit record and see what happens. And stuff like that is really cool. And I think that just being able to continue to develop those friendships, uh, of course, you know, across the United States and the industry and just, you know, in life in general is really that's what keeps me going right now. Um, as far as that, I've also got a pretty good fitness routine that I've really worked myself into over the last two years. And you know, once you get into something like that, you get to the point where you feel like you've really cheated yourself. If you don't give your best effort. So mm. that's a great motivational speech. You know, when you get up in the morning and it's like, I don't want to go to the gym and 45 minutes later, you're pissed off because you decided not to go to the gym. So you get up and go to the gym and then you work twice as hard. So, yeah. That's that's really been my two things, fitness routine and just always trying to learn and always trying to, you know, make new friends.
1: Have you ever heard of the term emotional intelligence? Yes. I feel like that goes a lot with what you said about mindset, you know, the way we respond to people, what, how we're aware of, like, who we are, what, how we're aware of how others are. Um I learned a lot through reading a couple books on emotional intelligence to help me with not only with mindset, but then like how to like act after I have the mindset and then be able to respond to people because there's people of all different walks of life, especially as a entrepreneur in a roofing business. You know, we're dealing with, you know, customers and customers have different skill sets and different levels of like where they come from. You got to be able to talk to all of them. You got, you know, know, your sub crews, you got your employees, they all have different ranges, right? And then you have your partners, right? And there's probably different nuances there that you got to be mindful of. Have you ever done any like yoga
2: or meditation or anything like that? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, uh, yoga, as far as that goes, not a whole lot, but we did do a retreat, like I said, back in, um, I guess it was March in Orlando and one of the morning activities we had yoga out there and it was everybody out on this basketball court and we were doing it and it was really great because my back has been hurting me for like 20 years and it felt great for, you know, a while after. So I started trying to do it myself, but I just kind of fell off on that, Mm. um, meditation, yeah, you know, I don't know that I have any like formal meditation, but there's a lot of times have where i will just sitting in a room. Have you ever
1: done it before? Not, not or, like, like sit down a structured for an one. hour and like somebody's like guiding you through like a process. I I always fall asleep.
2: I never really well, no, make me it too. to the full so hour.
1: Me too. And that's because we need it. Um, that's what I've been told. Because our yep. brains are me, our brains are going like a mile a minute. Um, you know, that's one extra realm. Once they, you know, you got, it sounds like you got the physical fitness routine down, which is like half the battle, right? That's like the action. You know, you read the books, you learn about that. Then you're putting it into play with the, with the fitness, but then to control the mind, I've been learning about this whole, you know, mindfulness thing, which is very, very like next level. And it's so simple, actually. It's hard.
2: That's, that's (laughs) the key, right?
1: Yeah. Us as humans, we like to complicate things.
2: Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it, it's just right there in front of you, and it's like, well, let's muddy the water up first before we try to figure it out, and you know, we get I in went, our own way. Like I said, everybody gets in their own way.
1: I went to a Tony Robbins event uh, called "Unleash the Power," and it was a just a good combination of physical, mental, mindfulness. You know, meditation. You know, self. You know, come, re- coming over, overcoming your self limiting beliefs. It was intense, right? Like we walked on fire. I mean, like it was, it was like a workshop. So like you learned it, but then you actually did a bunch of stuff. So then that way it kind of sticks with you, right? Because I think the biggest thing that we all struggle with is adoption, right? Like, you know, even like you talk about CRMs, right? Like, and you talk about like different processes in our business. Well, there there's a thousand different things we ways we could do it. The one that matters is the one that we actually do, and then we stay consistent with. Uh, and I feel like a lot, lot of us like, it's always like, you know, as soon as we learn something, it's like, oh, let's change it. Let's go do something different.
2: It's amazing. You know, I tell people, um, it was weird two years ago we were doing a conference and it was the first time I was going to be a speaker of any sort. So we got headshots done and my headshot, I mean, it it was like, I ate a basketball, right? My face was so fat and, and I was so disgusted by it that it was like, okay, I have to do something. I was too fat to go do anything really substantial and I was still pretty lazy. So it was like, I'm just going to go for a walk around the block once a night and and do that. And that morphed into last year I did over a thousand miles, which is amazing to me. I averaged over three miles a day for the entire year. Um, And then, you know, this year I've, I've run a half marathon. I've done several 10 mile runs and stuff and it gets easier as you go, but the simple fact is you have to start somewhere and you have to be able to say, okay, I can't do this like I need to do, but if I'm willing to put in the work and be humble and not quit because it's hard or get discouraged and say, I'm not doing it, you know, that's that's where you win. And that's not, not just this, but it's everything in life, really, you know. Nothing's going to be easy. The stuff that's easy usually sucks anyway, so... Yeah, Work for it. there's no, you easy, know, don't there's give no up. easy button. No, I wish there was on some things, and some things, you know.
1: What do you wish there was an easy button on? Well, if one thing that you could create an easy button for, what would it be?
2: I wish I could just create an opportunity to where everybody in the entire San Antonio market wanted a brand new roof, and they said, I'm going to call Chuck. And, and if I could just program that in everybody's brain, I would I'd Well, you
1: can. Button. I mean, lots of TV, lots of radio, lots of billboards, lots of Google, lots of SEO, lots of podcasts, lots we're, of We're working on it, yeah. Events, right? Like, you can. That's it the just key. Takes, we're working on that. It just takes lots of dollars and lots of time.
2: Yep. And we're willing to commit. So that's going to be the key to it is just getting out there and, and seeing that's that. That's got to so. be a
1: big market.
2: Oh, it's huge. It's very competitive, um, but it's price-driven as well, which is kind of weird. I'm not used to that, so...
1: Is it very, I mean, I'm assuming I don't like most of Texas is it mostly driven by insurance proceeds
2: for the most part. San Antonio is there's a lot of outlying towns that get hit, you know, once a year, something will get it. So it's, it's 90% and just kind of that and like retail, on
1: the, everybody kind of converges on like the neighborhood and it's just like a,
2: yeah, you know, all, you all 300 roofing writer. companies get two houses.
1: Do you work the whole greater San Antonio area? Cause I remember I've been to San Antonio a couple of times and there's like two belts, right? Like there's two like circles around the town. Like, and it's a big area, right? Like, I mean, like it's, it's huge. You, know, you get on that belt. I mean, I don't know how long it takes you to go all the way around the circle,
2: but uh, well uh, over an hour. Yeah, it's huge. And we, we do, we've got a hundred mile radius. We've also got an office in college station. So we kind of meet in the middle on that. Um, but we don't, a lot of stuff doesn't end up, you know. We're we're Google search. So if you're in San Antonio and you type in roofing company, we're going to show up. So we do feature most of the, you know, most of the San Antonio area. Some of those outlying areas that are harder to get to, we don't, you know, really market to that much, but
1: Which corner of the the the, the city are you in? Like northwest, southwest, northeast, southeast? I'm like right in the middle, quite honestly. Oh, really? The airport so is kind of right next inner, to me. You're
2: in the inner circle? yep the airport is like the planes when they're coming down to land on the runway they're probably less than five hundred feet above my roof. That's how close I am to the airport. You you know, they are literally you,
1: have you ever looked at like a map like a heat map of like where all your jobs are at and like see like what like that spread looks like
2: where we've, we've got you, it we've got it up there, and it's crazy because there is like literally in the middle of the city you know we've got maybe about fifteen or twenty down here and then we've got hundreds up here. So, like a lot you of know, our nor- appeal north- is more north- for up here where we're closer to than than the stuff that we're not marketing to, which makes sense, right? Yeah, no,
1: I'm just always curious when you look at the data and then, you know, you figure about driving and then, you know, I, I don't know, you follow Joseph Hughes. You know, he always talks about, like, five, being five-mile famous, right? So, like, what would it take just for – you talk about everybody in San Antonio. How about everybody within, like, my five-mile radius – to really know, you know, and will I drive 10, 15, 20 miles? Sure, obviously. Like, we're not going to turn work down, right, you know, for a little bit of a drive. But if I could be, like, the first choice of everyone, like, closer and then just keep going oh. out every year, right, wouldn't that be, like, the awesome goal? Like that's, a, that's the
2: dream, right? And that's like a, what we try because we've like got a very good location here. And, you know, I've got a huge neighborhood behind us, and it's great houses. They're not hard to roof. They're all, big. You know,
1: You guys got big big roofs in Texas, man. That's one. We do. You also have a lot of roofers though, too.
2: (laughs) There are a lot of roofers and there are a lot, you know, there, there's not any regulation. So of course you're going to get that. And the truth of the matter is most of the ones that stink, they, they weed themselves out relatively quickly. You can't do bad work for a long time and stay around. So, well,
1: if there was regulation, they want to let me and you in, man.
2: Oh, Hey, I'd be fine. I got no problems. I I am a law abiding citizen.
1: Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. But, like, it wasn't like the barrier to entry. We didn't have to be like, you don't have to have a million dollars to start a roofing company. You don't have to have anything.
2: I mean, some that's of the stories I mean, but, like, if, I much know, regula-
1: if they put too much regulation in, then, you know, the little guy that's. Well, the, it,
2: yeah. The, that's just, the beauty of it. It's also the, the part where it's like, okay, once you get to a certain point, it's like, well, now I wish I could shut the door, you know? Well, right, maybe. Being- how
1: do you actually feel about that? Because this is where I always get, you know, because. I feel like without there being a whole lot of regulation, guys like us were able to start businesses because out of nothing, because um, we might not have had the opportunity. Because, like, for instance, like starting like a – I don't know, like a plumbing company. It just seems like there's just so much more equipment and so much more like certifications and like yeah, tools. roofing's is a
2: simple thing. I mean, that's, that's that's kind of an arrogant thing for me to say, but it is. That's only because it's, you it's know, an that's easy you thing know, to that's do. You
1: know it, right?
2: Yeah, right. It's an easier thing. You know, a yeah, lot of only guys can parts. go from yeah, people can go from being installers to roofing owners overnight, and that's great. And I encourage that. And, and I'm, I'm definitely not saying that, but it's like. I wish that once you got in and you got to a certain point, that you could maybe have to have some sort of certification, some sort of process. You know, everything else. I mean,
1: but do you not think that the, because of that they let everybody in? Doesn't it make it easier to stand out?
2: Sure, it does, and that's great for. People I always worry that like if out. they cut that
1: off, like I feel like companies like ours, then you know, because we're still small. You know, I can still consider. I don't know about your company, but I feel like. Probably have, I probably only have like less than 1% of the market share. And I still, you know, we're probably going to do, you know, eight, nine million, you know? And it's like, it's still like one little, just it's just tiny. Right. Because there's so there's many contractors. There's a lot there. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is like if they cut regulation off, I feel like then they equalize all the big, the bigger to medium sized companies. And then it's like, oh, it's like, we're all the same then. It's like, what's the like, differentiation
2: at that point? I definitely get that. It, but what I'm saying is like, you know, some of the stuff that you see here in Texas is just—it's insane as far as workmanship goes. Well, and the same you're thing like, here man, you know, if, it's
1: no different in Pennsylvania. So it's no, like, it's, it's, wild, it's, it's nationwide. It's the Wild, it's you, the wild West, right? Yeah, like, you know, I know Florida hacks. has some more people. Like then, so, somehow the people in Florida then like they, they they sell their license to like people that shouldn't have a license, <laughs> right. and like they're just doing it like you know, it's,
0: it's interesting that's, how they that's
1: do a
2: business crazy in game. Florida. Yeah, it is it's a, crazy, it is a crazy and, it, and that's what we're facing here, you know, and I tell people, you know, it's part of my deal when I meet with homeowners, why am I different? Because you're getting me, you're getting my experience, so on and so forth, but I make that joke, and I'm like, Mrs. Jones, you could literally go start a roofing company today, and you could probably be a cheaper bid than me, you know, and homeowners are amazed by that, and I say, well, that's why our industry does have the reputation it has, because anybody can get in, and unfortunately, not everybody's good, not everybody has Great intent and, uh, you know, sometimes people get ripped off. Sometimes things happen and we all get lumped into that category, unfortunately, because of, you know, because of that. So it's a double-edged sword for sure. I agree. Would you, I wouldn't would you be have here any it,
1: fun, though? Would you have any fun working at Amazon? Like, if you were working at the Amazon of roofing, would you actually have any fun, though? Because if it's, like, all the same no, all the time. No, no, the industry
2: like, as a whole would stink. It would be horrible be at boring, that point, right? Because like, all the personality would be gone.
1: Yeah, it would be boring. But, like, they figured it out. And it's optimal, and the customers would be love it. But, like, for guys like us, we get bored,
2: right? Like <laughs> Instantly, yeah. I don't think I could do that. They I'd wouldn't need us. I'd be in a industry for sure. Well, they wouldn't need us. But
1: by the time that happens, we'll both be dead, right?
2: I hope not. I mean, shit. I'm trying to trying 50, to be around a little while. Well, I'm
1: just saying. But 50 years from now, I could see like them trying to like make it to where like there's only like three or four big companies that are just servicing everybody, right? Like you know.
2: I think that's the way of the world. You know, I mean, look at retail: Amazon and Walmart and Target. What else? You know, yeah, Back in the day, there was there was 20 different at. places. Now
1: that's it. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely interesting. What do you think is going to happen? You know, we're just getting started, I feel like, in this downturn of the economy. If you watch the news, watch your stock market, watch your 401k, right? Like, it's how do you, what do you think is going to happen to the roofing industry as far as like the residential retail or insurance, right? Like, residential uh, roofing, do you think it's going to be, do you think it's still going to be steady? Do you think it's going to go down? Do you think it's going to go up a little bit? Do you think that contractors are going to go out of business and it's going to be better for the guys that can stay in business? What's your, what's the prediction I think a
2: combination of everything? Yes. Um, obviously it's, it's getting tight. It's tough right now. I think, uh, it's the toughest it's ever been as far as, you know, the time frame from starting a, a homeowner, you know, initiating an insurance claim to that final check. I think it's drawn out more now than it's been in many, many years. Uh, and I think it's by design, obviously, you know, that's just part of the game. You have to, weather that somehow. So I think that a lot of the smaller companies that aren't able to, to withstand that they're not going to have any choice. Unfortunately. Um, I think the industry of insurance is going to kind of control that pretty good for the next year or so, especially in Florida. So we'll see what happens. Um, I think that the industry is going to, you know, it's going to still be a necessary thing. If there's a hailstorm that hits tomorrow, guess what? We're all going to be busy. There's no escaping it. I just got a small
1: it. one. We just got a small one south of Pittsburgh. I mean, baby baby one. Not enough for you to get excited and come up here and help me. But
2: No, but I mean,
1: but, hey, but it's like, still I'll, there, we'll right? Get, we'll, get, we'll get 50, 60, 70 jobs out of it. It'll, it'll get us, it'll be a nice little winner. It's like a nice little winner, like shot in the arm. It's like, you know, thank you, yeah. thank you, Jesus, you know, type of thing. Like, something know, we, we really... weren't expecting.
2: There it is. We oh, appreciate we that. That's always there, you know. And if you're good and you can handle it, then fine. My honest uh, opinion is, I think that I see a lot of people now doing something that I agree with, which is trying to get out of the insurance deal, you know?
1: Yeah, I don't know anything about insurance. You could teach me a lot. We could probably do a whole podcast, and maybe I'll have you back on to do a private one just for like, roofing customers. Cause I don't think a lot of roofing customers like actually listen to this show. Cause it's more about just people I know and stuff like that. But we could do a show about the insurance process as a whole, because yeah, works, I yeah. think you have a lot of experience with that. That would be fun. Um, I do have
2: a lot of experience with that. And it's, it's a crazy topic, you know, it's always evolving, always changing. Um, but I, I think that, you know, at the, for us to maintain, we're going to have to develop a stronger retail aspect. And I think financing options are tremendous. Uh, I'm in a, an insurance market. My last several jobs have all been financed, you know, even the claim jobs have been financed and it's yeah, like,
1: well, listen, cause you're, they can put that money in their pocket for a save it for a rainy and, day, and hold pay on a couple to hundred exactly. bucks a month for the roof. I mean, I would coach people how to do that. If you ever need any help with retail, I mean, again, you know, I always feel like retail is to me, like it's, when I first entered I the market, it just seemed like so much simpler cause that's how we all buy stuff normally.
2: Like, if you don't know how to do retail I mean you're you're only half half what you could be right and a lot of people are going to get lost in that because a lot of people are trained on insurance and they don't know how to evolve from that they don't know how to pivot what do you do you know yeah
1: and they lost and they didn't I think a lot of roofing companies what I'm learning as I travel the country talk to other contractors especially you know in the storm markets they're so just they get a they're just so used to the process of the insurance claim and then the customer process. So mostly they forgot how to wow and make the customer experience better. They forgot about the Disney World and they're just making everything like you know Amazon. You know? Yeah, it's like you got to county mix both fair together. is what you it gotta is. Mix, you got to mix both together, right? Like you have to have a high class customer experience, and you also yes, you need to be able to get through processes and make it painless. But you got to give it the old, got to wow it
2: up a little. You got to sex it up. That's what it is. It's roofing. Like, you know, it's roofing. How do <laughs> you separate make it fun. yourself? Everybody's doing the same thing. We're taking hammers and nails. We're putting shingles on roofs. You got to be something different, right? And that's the whole key to it. What's and one I thing that you
1: do different that you don't think a lot of guys do?
2: Social media. I do a shit ton of social media, part of my language, but I mean, we're all over the place. I have a podcast with a hundred episodes. There's videos of me dressed up as Mario and Luigi sword fighting with one of our uh, branch managers There's a video we put out last year uh, for Christmas where we smashed a printer and did the office space deal. You know, (laughs) we're people. We go out and we have fun. That's what we try to be, right? Because everything's the same. It's vanilla, vanilla, vanilla. At least mine's going to have some sprinkles on it, and it'll give you something kind of different to look at and enjoy. And, you know, quite honestly, it's fun. I was over at a house the other day, and I didn't even realize that the guy was a. He, he I'm a social media influencer. Apparently, I didn't know this. I Ooh, wasn't setting out for that. You're but an influencer, been, baby. Jim Johnson's the one that said it, so if he says it, it's legit. Oh yeah. Um, so the I go to this guy's house. Roofing. Right. I can't argue with the man. So I go to this guy's house the other day, and I'm up on the roof, and I'm doing a live video. And I asked a question in my live video and the dude was inside his house watching it. And he answered the question from inside his house about the video. (laughs) And I don't even know this guy. And he's like, yeah, I've been following you on social media for like two years. He's like, that's why you're on my roof, you know, because I like your, your personality and your jokes and your videos and stuff. And, you know, I started a brand here where there was nobody that I knew. I'd never been to San Antonio before. So what do you do? That's awesome. Social media, man. I social media the crap out of San Antonio. I liked everybody in San Antonio on Facebook. And those that were cool enough to respond and say yes have been blessed with amazing entertainment for the last three and a half years. And that's helped build our company. My first job came because I took a picture with my roofing crew and I posted it on my Facebook. So that's one You're- thing that most people don't do enough. And I, I go overboard with it, but... I'd rather so, be in your face constantly so you're constantly thinking about me than once a week. So if you're listening
1: to this episode and you're an entrepreneur and you're in any kind of business, any you're a media company and you're not necessarily what you think you are. You, you you may do insurance, you may do real estate, you may do contracting, you may you know do whatever you do. It's not what you do. First of all, it's why you do it and then how do you broadcast the why? Because nobody cares about what you do. I mean, that's like the barrier to entry, right? Like they obviously they need a, you know, they're they're going to need whatever they're searching for, but if they can find you and you're a media company, that's why all these big companies are owned by media companies now. Absolutely, they want to control the message, right? Like you want to like you want to control the message that hey, you're fun, you're fun, Chuck Allen in San Antonio. And, yes, they're going to get a roof, but they're also going to get an awesome experience. And they might get a couple, you know, it might be funny while they're doing it, too. And they're going to have a good time while they're there. And we're going to just keep it real. We're going to keep it real.
2: <laughs> there you go, right? It all it all plays together. And that's the whole point of it, you know? It's like this is this is our stage. It's absolutely free. We're doing a podcast right now. And who knows? This This one might go viral. One of us might end up doing something really crazy or amazing at some point in our life. And this might come back and get Googled years down the road. Millions of people might end up seeing this, you know, and we're doing it right now. Obviously, it's not free, but we it's can do this. We're in about an about age close, where you've it's got about
1: as close as they can get. I think I, I think it's going to cost me for me because I don't edit all this stuff together. It's my time, right? I got an hour. I think I pay this Riverside software, you know, maybe twenty bucks a month. I pay the uh, the other software like fifteen bucks a month, and then I pay a guy like a hundred bucks to like you know put it all together yeah, and, and there it is. distribute it
2: out. Yeah. And, and and all of a sudden there's there's reels, there's episodes, there's yeah. hundreds of hours of content out right. there. And, and, and right it's now crazy. It's, you
1: know, right now there's not a ton of views, right? But as we get as we do something special one day It so keeps getting like, bigger. Yeah, well and again, as if you do something they're gonna type your name in, and if I do something they're gonna type my name in, and if we both do something that's really gonna go crazy and
2: That's it. And then they look at all of our past episodes, and next thing you know, we're we're taking Joe Rogan out. We're the top guys in podcasting. And that's – that. you know, it happens that way. It's crazy. Um, My associate, Leanne, who owns K-Socialized Media, she started doing viral videos, and she hit one. And it's like once you get one and you start getting all these millions of people watching your stuff, guess what? They go back and watch the other stuff, and then they start building those numbers and – I'm seeing it happen with my podcast. I mean, heck, I just got a major sponsor, and that's awesome. you know I'm in negotiations with a couple guy. other I gotta, people.
1: I need to do that.
2: I think nah, it's a good thing, you know. Like for
1: me, yeah, I like the idea of the hot sauce and getting free hot sauce. I got maybe maybe I talk to your boy and see if I can like you know.
2: The hot sauce has been good to me, and it's the best hot sauce in the world. Thump hot sauce. That's LouisianaInABottle.com. dot com. I have that out there. Call.
1: I had my own spice blend mix uh, back in the day before I even started my own roofing company. It was called Betty's Blend, and I'd make my bottles myself and make them at my buddy's pizza shop. And I'd bottle like a hundred or two hundred bottles up, and I'd sell them for like seven bucks, and I'd make like a hundred. I spent hours and hours to make like a hundred, but it was all about. It was, if I it could was make, because
2: you loved it. Was it was about
1: making a product. With a cartoon face, it was it was my first shot at like of doing a little brand thing.
2: It was your thing.
1: And when I realized it worked, I was like, "Dang, dude! Like they just want to keep buying it. I don't want to keep making it because it's painful to like make all that that that's you know, and I got to figure all that out." And then when I realized, I can just do the same thing with roofing. You know, like I can market a roofing company, and then I could use my skills in sales, and we can like you know, there's, we can poop out a baby.
2: You know, go poof. out there and have some fun, and that's that's all this is. You know, like you said, we're marketing. That's really the key. We are marketing and media companies because most roofers still don't.
1: Do you like that better than sales and ops? Or you're having more fun with the branding and the marketing, right? Oh,
2: my gosh. This is the greatest thing ever. I get to go to events. I get to do, um, because of our associations with people, I get to go do consulting with sales teams for other roofing companies I did a podcast episode from a mansion that was themed after video games. And, you know, I'm was i I'm the only podcast that I know of that had a live uh, water slide. I went down a water slide live on my podcast, you know. We played skee-ball. We've done all kinds of cool things. So this, to me, is the most fun. Yeah. And I didn't realize how much fun it was until we started doing it. And then it was like, you know what? A lot of people really do pay attention to what you're doing. They They watch, and they are very encouraging. So... I'm going to keep going as long as I can and as long as people want me to do it and, and want to be guest on the show. And, uh, you know, it, it is a lot of fun. What the heck? It's a lot of I mean, fun. I'm I got not, some cool I equipment. You, I got a that... giant microphone here that I paid way too much money for, and I got a mixing board. And yeah. I got lights and screens and all kinds of stuff going on. What the yeah. hell's going on over here? I got
1: here? buttons over here. I don't even know what does. Like, you know, they're still got the default, like, sounds. Hold on, let me play one. I got the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, need I got to a Roadcaster pro-, pro. Yeah, me too. I need to learn how to program the soundboard so that way I can have like a. I need to have like a Chuck saying on here, so like you know I get my favorite sayings from every all my favorite guests, and then just be able to like pop something up, right? And like so like that's like the next level though, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna give
2: you one real quick, and I don't know if you'll be able to hear it or not because sometimes when I play it on my road, it doesn't go through on another podcast. Uh, but this is my personal favorite.
1: Oh, Chuck's the man.
2: Chuck's the man. Yeah, That's I my heard favorite. it. That. That's my favorite sound right there. So. That's
1: awesome, man. I need to get, like, so... <laughs> was get one that one of my to, co-hosts. You, so Your co-host did that, and then you programmed it to the board, right?
2: I, yeah, I just I pulled it off one of our, our videos that we did, and I just I popped it right in there. I've got a couple that are, you know, pretty had, good ones. I had another
1: one, man. I want to hear another
2: one. Let's see what else we got here. We got the old... Uh, the female crowd. We've got... Uh, Do you have a mark labeled so
1: you can oh, remember no. which ones are which?
2: I don't know mm. if I'm allowed to play that one or not. You're but to play no, I one, did. They're bro. marked what up here mean? on the screen. You can see what you, what each one is. Like this one here is called Kaboom. Kaboom. There um, you go. Yeah. So pretty cool.
1: Keeps it fun. Well, listen. This hour went by super fast. There's one question. There's a, a set of rapid fire questions that I ask every guest. Let's do it. Um, imagine you're on like a, a private island, completely by yourself. You're going away forever. You're allowed to take All right. one book with you. Just one. What book are you taking with you? 10X Rule. Ooh, Grant Cardone. All right. That was,
2: that was a good book.
1: That's a good motivation book.
2: Um, Probably would burn slowly, too, if I needed to set it on fire at any point.
1: Yeah, I mean, eventually, yeah. Made but out grandma, of that good grandma, paper. Grant won't mad.
2: That's right. <clears throat> yeah, that, that'd mad. be my pick. Keep you me go. warm at night. All it's right. a good pillow. and
1: then what about what... What movie would you take with you?
2: That's an interesting one. Uh movies have never been my big thing. I don't I don't follow movies that much, but All I've right. had a couple of favorites. I'd say you have to watch it over and over again. The one that I've watched the most in my life is Dazed and Confused. Alright. Yeah.
1: So do you like it's- it enough to take it with you?
2: I'd probably take that with me. That'd be a cool one. I can't think of anything else I'd rather take. How about a
1: restaurant? What's your favorite restaurant that you would build on this island to always be able to eat at?
2: Okay. Now, I got a ton of favorites, but I'd say if I could only go with one, there's a place here in San Antonio called Smashing Crab. I would definitely have a Smashing Crab wherever I was at.
1: Smashing Crab. So when oh, I come man. to San Seafood. Antonio the next Ooh. time, I'm hitting you up. You're gonna take me to Smashing Crab. I Smashing
2: Crab for sure. It is. Maybe, maybe amazing. we can
1: do a podcast if you're set up to like do these things like out remotely, and we can live we can do smashing a podcast. Live I'm sure someone. I can make that happen. All right. Next question is: You can go anywhere in the world you want for a whole week. Where do you go?
2: Anywhere in the world that I want for a whole week. I'd probably <clears throat> let's see. I think about that a lot, but it's changed over the years. I really don't want to leave the country right now, so I'd probably say uh, I would probably go to Charlotte, North Carolina, for a week or Phoenix, Arizona.
0: Why it's Charlotte? Kind of basic.
2: I love Charlotte. I used to live there. Cool place. Uh, when I was there, I was doing the distribution, so I spent a lot of my time at work, and I didn't really get to enjoy it. Mm. Um, but I, I like the I like the environment over there. It's a different kind of place it's uh like auto racing is very popular in north carolina and i like auto racing here in texas there's no there's no fan base of nascar or anything like that so it's kind of cool with that not really where's the texas motor speedway is that in dallas it's in Dallas, and it's—I mean, we're on a just, podcast, right, and I don't know what the it. ramifications are, but it's garbage. I'm just saying. Even,
1: there's no ramifications. It's a podcast. That's the whole purpose of. That's why we have podcasts because and they Texas can't. Motor gets no, pissed no off, sense, I apologize.
2: Your tracks there's, no
1: there's no what FCC censorship. You know what I mean? It's not like Howard Stern back in the day when we were kids, like you know, he had to like beep himself out every time. That's why they came up with Sirius Radio. And then, like, that even gets, like, you know, too controlled by the media. So then what happens is we got a bunch of little independent media outlets Here we are, yep. called us. We're our we can own do whatever the heck we want. No, no, we can't. We can do whatever we want, but there's also ramifications to those results. So, for instance, if you had a bunch of people in Texas and you were making fun of them because, like, they don't have NASCAR, then the one NASCAR fan, he may not do business with you, but you're okay with that. So.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, I used to live in College Station, Texas. I'm a big Ohio State fan, so I made the mistake once of disparaging the local. Is that A&M? Yeah, yeah. And I'm a I'd have nothing against A&M at all, but when I first started, I had a bunch of fans that were there, and they were kind of Johnny Manziel, baby. That was the year I I was there, and uh, you know, I made a a comment about Texas A&M being no, no, in not in the Ohio State league or something, and.
1: Well, it not. triggered
2: a whole storm of people that uh, yeah. you know weren't happy, but
1: hey, listen, you I'm learned Bra- your lessons along I'm the a, way. A,
2: I don't take I, that back. Ohio State's still better than Texas A&M in football. I'm sorry.
1: I'm a Browns fan living in Pittsburgh, so mm. like you know, it's it's a little bit tough for
2: me. So to still be a Browns fan is very admirable. I grew up a Browns fan in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> I'm more of a Buckeye, thank God, but I grew up as a Browns fan and. I, gave I grew up, up in this Canton, year Ohio. I gave up. So like
1: I'm like between both Columbus and Cleveland, right? So Canton's kinda like, you know, in the middle and you just yep. kinda have to you have to love Ohio State because the Browns always suck so bad. So like you know, Ohio that State was, was always That was our life, team. yeah. And yeah. in
2: Columbus we had the bank we had the Browns pretty much every week. We never got the Bengals when I was growing up. So I was never a Bengals fan, and it's like, man. The Bengals are good now, but I can't even jump on the bandwagon because I was never a Bengals fan. So, so I
1: got one more question because I almost my ADHD almost like forgot to ask the fifth question. You're got allowed it. to have a a person come visit you for 24 hours. It could be past, present, future, famous, not famous. You know, whoever you want. Who are you spending 24 hours
2: with? 24 hours. I get to spend a lot of time with a lot of cool people right now. So. I would say if I got 24 hours, um, someone that I think would be really cool to hang out with, I think, would be Ed Milet. I would like to meet Ed Milet and hang out with him for 24 straight hours. Um, We got to meet him just for a very brief time in Fort uh, Fort Lauderdale back in May. And he was sitting next to me at this restaurant, and I didn't even recognize him. I looked over, and it's Ed Milet, so... He was super cool, got pictures with him and everything, and then he does his speech the next day, and it was really um, impactful. And I just think, you know, a guy like that would probably be pretty cool to hang out with, if not, maybe Steve Jobs. But I don't know. I think Ed Milet would be more fun than Steve Jobs. I think Steve Jobs probably would talk and and say things I didn't understand. Ed Milet seems to be a pretty uh, down-to-earth guy.
1: It all depends. If you want to talk about the present, you want to talk about the future. Well, that's true. You know what I mean? Very and how true. About, and how about this podcast? We started talking about sports. We kind of ended talking about sports. It's funny because, like, I don't even watch sports. You barely even watch it anymore. But a couple of Buckeye fans hanging out with you today on the Big Fish Cares podcast. Chuck, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. It was, it was a privilege to have you on with another podcaster. If people want to follow you, subscribe to your podcast, like it, where do they go?
2: Definitely our YouTube uh, channel, uh, Keeping It Rio podcast, and I'd love to get more subscribers on that. I took that very casually for the first year, and I only have about forty-five or fifty subscribers. And I, I just was pushing everything on. Facebook. I'm still
1: I'm still taking it light too. Like I have like a hundred, but that's only because I think I make every single person like
2: do it. Yeah, click on. I it tried and to like know. my page. I liked but your page a long time we, ago.
1: But we need to we need to like set up. Me and you should have a little competition. Let's see who can get to five hundred the fastest.
2: Shit. Okay. Now you're probably going to beat me because you've already got double what I do, but I, I, I'm well, game,
1: but you got double the amount of podcasts that I got. That's true.
2: I need to market it a little better. So you can also follow keeping it Rio podcast on Facebook or me personally, Chuck Allen on Facebook, but definitely go like the keeping it Rio podcast, YouTube page, because at some point I'd like to get a paycheck for like 13 cents from YouTube for, for doing something special for getting that, that one episode that, that, qualified me to make money
1: yeah i'm starting to get paid from facebook reels now
2: see i haven't even started reels oh yet. yeah i gotta i, get on I gotta,
1: gotta check i gotta i got a statement that i got i got like four dollars and 40 cents last month
2: you know because hey i have a hard
1: a time i have a hard time even remember to upload videos every day and like they want you to just do it three four five times a day but i do it like maybe once every other day and i got four bucks so four bucks hey, could but,
2: easily be like 16 or 20 bucks if you just you know I just got to, do it. to I, it
1: what I'm going to do here's what I'm going to do and here's what I think we need to do we we know how to delegate in business we have people doing that we got to figure out things that we can delegate for our own personal social media and whoever's going to help me distribute content I want to basically their bonus can be all the money that they ever can get from like YouTube and Facebook and Instagram because like you know it doesn't seem like it's going to be that much anyway <laughs> but you never know like you know, at least some type That's of crazy. rev share
2: split maybe I don't know I, hey, I'm all for it, you know. If I really, can make a million dollars, I'd be happy to take half of it. I'd be gotta, happy to we get we got to incentivize
1: half. people to help us hit goals, man. That's right. That's all it comes down to. How many sales guys you got right now?
2: Uh, we just downsized substantially. I've got three, counting myself.
1: Okay. So we, had how a, much- we had an
2: office that we consolidated with my parent company, so that kind of skews my stats a little bit. But I'm starting back here with San Antonio, and we're going to kind of build it uh a little differently nice. than we had. So a couple guys were here, aren't anymore, and a couple guys that are going to come in are going to be absolute superstars. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Well, that's awesome. This show will probably air, I'm assuming, sometime in the first part of January. It'll be interesting to see what happens to your Ohio State-Michigan um, mm. prediction. If you Forgot guys are that. watching this podcast, comment below who you think is going to win the Ohio State-Michigan game, or if this airs afterwards – Just comment below who actually won and how right or wrong Chuck was. So then that way we can have some fun on the YouTube comments and we can kind of have some banter back and forth. So
2: Chuck was right regardless. Ohio State's going to be the better team even if they don't win. That's just the way that life goes.
1: So, all right, appreciate everybody listening today. We'll be back next Friday for another edition of the Big Fish Cares podcast.
0: Thank you for listening to the Big Fish Cares podcast. It's our passion to help share stories and journeys, to help inspire optimism, to take action and accomplish your goals. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on the website at www.thebigfishcares.com. Find us on Facebook at The Big Fish Cares and on Instagram at bigfish.benny. See you next time.